something to eat and, and maybe it wasn't quite what he wanted. And that's kind of where I was opening up today a little bit with, um, with some food. Like hamburgers and hot dogs. How many people really love them? Everybody, I mean, it should be a, a good group of people in the room. I love them. I like them. But don't you like them the way you like them? Melissa, do you, do, is Carl's different from yours? Like how? How's his different? <gasps> For goodness sakes, Carl. Cheese? Patty and I do the same thing. You see, I'm logical, so I put my onion on my hot dog on the bottom, and I stick my dog on top so they don't fall out. Now, Patty will load hers on the top of the hot dog. Except the problem there, Eddie, is when she eats it, there's about six or seven of them that hit the floor. They don't stay in. But then somebody corrected me at the last church and said, yeah, but you're not tasting the real flavor of them. Oh, oh. The reality today is that I'm talking about these hamburgers hot dogs. I'm talking about that don't we load them up the way we want them. I mean, we will pick the, the condiments that we want on them. So I guess John's saying, well, I didn't totally get what I wanted on there or whatever. So we'll get something else. And, and I, I just put mustard. Some do ketchup. Some do mustard and ketchup. Think about it. You load them up with what you like. Now, let me preface this, so you don't think I'm weird, because you already do, but I am not a voyeur, but I like to study people. I could sit in an airport all day long and study people, because people are weird. Huh? They're weird. I'm weird. People do the weirdest things, and I just like to observe it. I, I want to get in their head going, why do you do that? What made you do that? What made you say that? I think God wonders all day long, doesn't he? Think about it. <clears throat> I'm going to get with you. <clears throat> Don't throw that up here. Bless you. Have you ever been to the smoking pig and had the privilege of sitting close enough to the soft-serve ice cream machine. <laughs> now you're going to get what I'm talking about. I mean, people, every single person, ask Patty, every single person there has a different way of doing that ice cream. Some swirl it to the right, some to the left, some are just chocolate, some are just vanilla, some a little bit. Everyone's got a... Uh, uh, the face, the face helps it. Some of them kick up a foot. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, cool, weird. I'm telling you, next time you go to the smoking pig, man, you need to get near the ice cream machine. It's a hoot. It really is. So that's kind of the fun I like to look with people. Now, I say all that to preface this next comment, because today I'm talking about ketchup. Yeah. I like ketchup. I want to tell you about ketchup. What I've noticed about people in a restaurant is they bring out the food, people reach for the ketchup, and they squirt it, right? Yes? Hugh says yes. Is there any no's in the room? Do people do something with the ketchup first? What? 
They shake it. Who said that? Why do you shake it? Woo! We got all kind of reasons. Truly, if you left ketchup sitting long enough, all the goodies go down and all the water goes up. Have you ever squeezed it on your hamburger bun, not shaken up? What a mushy bun you just got. No! People shake that rascal real good and then they pour it out. Good. I hope that got across. That stuff separates the water, the water stuff, and the, the good stuff. And, and we shake it to get it full flavored again. That's what we want on, on our hamburger and a hot dog. But let me now shift this just a hair and say that that ketchup that we're shaking actually, to me, represents the relationship that we have between us and God. I think from time to time to time, God looks into our lives and He goes, you've separated again. You've sat there so long, i got to shake you up. Huh? Tanya Tucker said, sings, love me like you used to, when our love was brand new. Why would she sing that, y'all? Why, why would she say, love me like you used to, when our love was brand new? What happened? What was the word? Boom! The exact word I'm looking for. Complacency. Do you know that there's places around Hebrews 6 that talks about how Christians can become bored with Christianity, with God? The author of Hebrews was telling us that. We can become complacent. Day in, day out. Yes, God, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Um, hey, bless me and whatever I do today. Hey, I still can do that. I can still do my turn. <laughs> We do it every day. We get complacent with God. We need to understand something or re-understand it. God created you and me for His pleasure. Just like that hamburger or hot dog was really created for your pleasure. We are the hamburger in God's hand. <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? Huh? Come on, Agnes, that's good, isn't it? a hamburger in God's hand. Mm, we're created for His purpose. And when He sees that we're, we're getting a little bit watered down, I think He'll shake us up a little bit for His pleasure. It's about stirring us up so that one, we can see if we've slightly drifted off of God's love a little bit and got complacent, but, but two, so that people can see God's real love in us. Because again, the truth is, love can get lazy. Love gets lazy. And so I invoke Pam Tillis, because I think she said it better for me. She said this, love, you're getting lazy. You're forgetting to give me sweet sugar, words I want to hear. You've been neglecting me. You know jealousy, it is, a, it is bitter as a green spring berry. Ooh. You're like fruit from a fickle vine. You turn sweet just in the nick of time. Love, you only come alive when you're losing me. It's a childish game. I've got to shake you up just to wake you up to make you love me again. And so she sings. Shake the sugar tree. 
till I feel your love falling all around me. We've got to tend to what you've planted. And if you take my love for granted, I'll shake the sugar tree. Good glory! (laughs) Whoa! If we take God's love for granted, don't think He won't shake the sugar tree. Don't think He won't. It's an attention getter. It's a stirring. When you look at this word to shake or to be shaken, it means to awaken from a slumber. How many of us go to sleep on God sometimes? I'm not going to let you go to sleep in here now. I'll come back there. I will. Mm. God said in His Word, their lips are near me, but their hearts are far from me. We sleepwalk on God. We sleepwalk on Him. How do you think He shakes your sugar tree? I think He does it like He does all the rest of us, same way. According to Romans 1.17, He grafts and He regrafts. I think what we see is that He'll, regra- he'll graft in love in our life. Because why? God, God is love. God loved us first, and then we learn to love. So He grafts us in, but then we kind of go to sleep and we sleepwalk, so He has to take us off. Same thing He did with Israel. When Israel used to claim that, that He is God and we were His chosen people, they fell asleep on Him. In fact, some of them started going, and where is this God y'all talked about? They went to sleep on him. See, when God did, he plucked them off. He sure did. He walked over and he says, I'll tell you what. Hey, Billy Bob, you're out. Sue, you're out. Bill, get out of here. And he starts planting and putting other people in there. And what does that do to us? It makes us jealous. God loves me more than he loves you. He'll make us jealous. He made, he's making the Israelites jealous by taking them out and reaching out to the, Philippi, the Philippians, to the Corinthians, to the, those over in Ephesus. He's putting them in, and, and they're on the ground, scattered all over the ground as all these Israelites who, whose love they took for granted. And they're laying on the ground looking up going, how'd you get there? And they're kind of laughing at him going, well, you fell asleep on God, so he took you out, and I'm in, ha <laughs> ha. Come on. Come on. I want you to think back in time just a smidgen. Didn't didn't people like high school, I mean, you know, you're going with this guy or this gal and your love kind of falls asleep, so so what do you do? You kind of sneak over here and, hey, baby. Woohoo! And what did they do? They got jealous. They come over there and they whooped that one there so they could get back together and have renewed love. Am I telling a story? You, do you remember seeing any of that or doing any of that? You don't think God can do it? He's done it. He's going to make you and me jealous. He's going to shake the sugar tree, plop us right out, graft us out. And then we'll realize what we've lost. He will prune us off, church, and he'll prune anything that steals our sap, that steals our love for him. He'll prune it right off. I don't care what it is. I think another thing he does, he brings trials and struggles to our lives. 1 Peter 4, 2, or 12, he brings pain. You see, if he didn't bring a little bit of pain in your life, you wouldn't need him, would you? Everything is beautiful. Remember that song? 
What do you need with God when everything's beautiful? Most of us are hard-headed enough. It takes something really bad to happen before we start grabbing out to Him again. Isn't that true? And so there's really nothing wrong sometimes with this understanding that He brings these struggles, these trials in our lives that are meant to develop our trust again, our faith in Him, our love, our hope. Kind of a, an example of what I'm talking about today is if, if any of you ever been out to Barney, you've been out to Barney when they had the ice cream going? Man sakes, that's some good ice cream, isn't it? But you pass through the peach trees. You got this look on your face like I'm out my mind. Huh? All right. So you're driving through before the ice cream gets made, and you see this tree, and it's full of peaches. And if you were going to practice the theory of what I'm saying God would do, you just decide because you get it, a weird thought in your mind, and you get out of your car, and you shoot that tree to death. And something happens. What happened when you did that? The peaches, which peaches though? Which the bad peaches, the, as we said before, the rotten peaches fall off the tree. These are our rotten habits, our rotten character, those things that are keeping us from loving God with all of our hearts. Shaky, shaky, shaky. He'll make them fall off. And only the good stuff stays on the tree. And you know it's true. Hebrews 12, 25 be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. <laughs> Don't refuse to listen to God. For the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses. He was the earthly messenger. So how we certainly will not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. And so when God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But let me tell you something. The Scripture says, but now... He makes another promise that once again I will shake not only the earth and everything in it, but the heavens as well. This means that all of creation will be shaken. All? So that only unshakable things will remain. There's junk He needs to shake out of our lives. The, the very beauty is the good old miners in Alaska in the good old days. They took that screen and a big bucket of dirt and they put it in there and they put it in the water and they, they sifted it back and forth and what went out? The stuff that was shakable. The dirt. Until the things that couldn't be shaken were there like some, some rocks and minerals and gold. That's what God's doing in our lives every day. He's sifting us. He's shaking us to get rid of the stuff we don't need anymore that's getting in the way of us becoming gold. Scripture says we're, re we're receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. So let us be thankful and please God. Here's how we do it. By worshiping Him with holy love, fear, and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Woo, man's sakes. Everything. You and me will be shaken. But here's the cool thing. Love is unshakable. Love is totally 
unshakable. That's what Paul was saying in Galatians 5.23. That love, with love, there's no law against it. You know, that's the really cool thing. People tell you today, you can't have this, you can't have that. Drink only a little of this. Eat a little of that. But with love, you can have all you want. There's no law against love. Do all you want. Pour it out. Take it in. It's what it's all about. I promise you, if you get in a, a real good duke it out you know, discussion with your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it may be, and you're throwing that stone, you know, you ever played volleyball in relationships? You know, well, you, well, you, yeah, but I'm telling you, you, well, you're worse than that. No, I am not. And, and well, I'll tell you what, I love you. It stops. The volley stops. How do you throw the rock? How do you throw the volleyball back when somebody just stopped the whole thing by saying, I love you? Sakes alive. Here's a truth for you today. You're not holding on to God. You can't. <laughs> God is, Jesus is moving along so quick, you can't hold on to his tail. You can't hold on to his shirt. The truth is, God is holding on to you. Absolutely, he's holding on to you. And I'll tell you why. Because the scripture says, and I believe it, that his love never fails. Never, ever, ever fails. He's holding on to us. But I do know as human beings, we can fail love. And we do. God wants a two-way relationship, not a one-way. That's why he created it in the first place. And when our love fails a little bit towards God, and when it starts to grow cold, like these songs we talked about, God will shake our very foundation until we are smoking hot again. I like it. Has God ever done that in your life already? Is he doing it this morning? You know. I don't know what's in your spirit, but you know. If God is telling you, wake up and love me again like you used to, when our love was brand new. Getting cold for God is dangerous. But getting lukewarm is far worse. That's what Jesus said. He warned us to the Laodicean church in Revelation 3.14. He said, you're lukewarm. You're neither hot and you're neither cold, so therefore I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Just like a bad cup of coffee you have in the morning. If it's not hot, or if it's ice cold, but that thing in the middle, uh, somewhere in the middle I know I need to reheat it, right? The Laodiceans had a very cold love position before God, and even I think Jesus at this time was struggling to shake them up. And that's the fun part of the message today. If, if, you're, if you know that your love with God, just I'm talking about you and Him right now. If your love for Him is hot, it's on fire, hallelujah, man. Hallelujah that you know that because you know it's good. You're walking on your tippy toes, cloud nine. If you're walking with God and it's cold, according to Jesus, hallelujah again. <laughs> because here at least... You know that you're not walking with him and you need to. But Lord, help the person who neither feels hot nor cold. Because I feel like Jesus is saying, you're unshakable. You're unreachable. You're unwakeable. You're unmovable. You're unmoldable. You're, you're rotting on the vine. You're apostate. You're a dead.
Yeah, that's us. But thanks be to God that he's the hound of heaven. He will hound you till he gets you. Why don't you just give up now? Why don't we just stop the sermon now and you give your life fully to God? Love him with all your heart right now. Why, why go through anymore? Because he'll never stop hounding you. And I'm thankful for that. Don't ever quit trying to rouse me, Lord, when I get sleepy or when I'm sleepwalking. Wake me up. Wake me up. Be shaken. We must. I, w- I want to tell you about Job. This is really cool now. You know, we think Job was a pretty cool guy. You know, he passed the faith test. You know, he, this is a great Christian. I don't think he didn't struggle, though. And in, and in Job 16, 12, he says this. He goes, I was at ease. Yeah, I'm hanging out at the church, doing what we do. What is that, Gabby? We're doing bulletins. We're doing everything we do, right? He said, I was at ease. But then he shattered me. (laughs) Come on, get the imagery. This is fun. He grasped me up by my neck and he shook me to pieces. And then he set me up as his target, and his arrows surrounded me. Job, that's Job, man. What started it? Why did God shake him by the neck? Why did he shoot his arrows at him? Because he was at ease with his love between him and God and where he was in community. And God's shaking him good. Oh, good Lord, people. Set your love for God afire. Set it anew again in your spirit so you don't have to go through what Job went through, please. It's intentional. Forget everything else. If you love God as He's loving you, man, everything else is taken care of. I guarantee it. Even people won't bother you anymore. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And you're walking on cloud nine up there with Jesus? Who cares? Yeah, hey, what's up? I know you don't love me. I love you, though. He's so cool. He shakes us because God is love. Do you believe that? God is love. So here's the thing, you know. When you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, guess what happened? He came into our life and because He's love, we became love. We became the children of the only and greatest God of all the universe. The God who is love. And we became love. According to 1 John 3, 1, see how much our Heavenly Father loves us. He allows us to be called His children, and we really are. Oh, church, we should never, ever, ever forget that we became love. To love God and to love others. And that comes with a very, very, very high standard. He expects us to love Him back. And He expects us to love all others. I didn't say you had to agree with them all. you got to love them. You may not agree with me, but you better love me. And if we don't, don't cry out if He starts shaking your sugar tree. If He doesn't shake your heart, 
if he doesn't shake your world, because that's the sugar tree, is your heart and your world. And if you don't get that love right with him, he'll shake it all to pieces, man. Woo! Whatever, whatever is about you is rotten, will hit the ground. I promise it. That's why, God, that's why Moses told us in Deuteronomy 6, the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Commit yourself wholeheartedly to this command. Come on, church. Should we love God? Because, because it's commanded in the Bible. You shall love the Lord your God. Is that why you do it? I hope not. That's kind of forced, isn't it? Do it or die. Should we possibly love God because um, oh, we just want His salvation? We want something from Him. So I love you. Trick or treat. It kind of fit. Don't I look like a pumpkin today? Trick or treat. Or truly, do we love Him out of a free heart? And because we know that His love is the only thing that is going to make all of our lives better richer, fuller, happier, warmer, safer, and on and on and on. Don't we know it's the truth? Don't we know that we love and He gives us love and we love Him back because He pours then His love all over us so much that it's because the world needs it. We're in a crazy world that lacks love. And He wants you to be His pitcher. God knew this world. Sin was going to enter. God knew that there were going to be those who didn't love him. God knew that there would actually be some that would love him. God knew that love creates more love. He knew that love regenerates itself from itself. He knew that love that's all charged up just overflows onto everybody. Isn't that cool? And I think this is why he will not allow Christians to maintain a cold, unshaken love. He knows what he's doing, y'all. He's going to shake us anew because sometimes we get off course. Revelation 2-4, when Jesus was talking to one of the churches, he says, here's my indictment against you. You have forsaken. You have left your first love. They left, it for, they left him for something else or someone else. Stay close to God. You know what he wants? He wants a new fresh love affair with us. Am I allowed to say that? Or can we only say that in romance novels? What if God wrote a romance novel? There it is. Oh, it's not from Harlequin, who might have been a harlot. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. This is his romance novel. To you and to me, stop it on the front row. I'll send you all out. <laughs> really. Guys, he loves us this much. To step out of heaven, take off all of his royal robes, put on flesh. Who wants this? Any day that Jesus says he's ready to take this off of me and let me into heaven, I'm there. He did it the opposite and came down here and then let us brutalize him on a cross to die a horrible death in the grave and then rose back to glory just to show us how much he loves us. Are you kidding me? 
And then he gives you and I the ability. There's nobody has an excuse why they can't overcome things in your life that are stealing your love from God because he gives you the ability. My most favorite passage of all highlighted in my Bible three times is Philippians 2.13. And that scripture says that God is working in you. God is giving you the desire to obey him and he is giving you the power to do what pleases him. He gives us all we need to love him back. Our self-will has to get involved. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. It says, let love be your highest goal. Seriously. For the love of and to God, let love be our highest goal. There's a lot competing for your love out there. And there's a really smart devil. You know how smart he is? You know he studies you? Don't you know he knows what you want? I've told this to so many people. If you're a lonely man and you want a woman, the devil will bring you one. If you're a lonely woman who needs a man, the devil will bring you one. But if you turn to God and say, hey, you know, I need this and don't let the devil bring me that one. He can do that. Check the fruit of everybody's spirit. Check the fruit of what you pour your love into. And if it doesn't appear godly, well, you've got to work out with the good Lord above. Lot competes for that, for our love. And we've got to really check what we let in. I think all God's want is our heart, man. And that's the very thing that we all struggle to give Him, isn't it? That's the craziest thing. Man, God, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come in the church. I'll give you my service. I'll come in here and I'll sing for you. I'll come in here. I'll even give you my money, Lord, but I'm not giving you my heart. Forget it. That's mine. We do. We really do. And, and God says, yeah, I don't want all that. I want that thing you won't give me. I want that heart. Nehemiah dealt with this with some of the people rebuilding the wall in Nehemiah 5. And he says, I'll tell you what I did. He looked at these people that he was struggling with. He said, I shook out. <laughs> I shook out of the front of my garments in front of all you. And I said, thus may God shake out of every man things from his house and from his possessions who does not fulfill these promises today. And even thus, may he be shaken out and emptied. Here's, hey, here's the crazy congregation of the Israelites going, Amen. Amen. They don't even know what they just amen to. They're going to be, they're telling God it's okay. Shake me out. Shake out my house. Shake out my possessions. Shake out that, that husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. Shake out that car. That, you know, shake out my, shake it all out, God. And they're going, Amen. <laughs> Better know what you're amening. He said, be shaken out and emptied of. Wow. This is a process. Day in, day out. We get, we get all these distractions that come in. One day, I'm hanging on the tree. I think I'm all happy. The next thing I know, God has shook my life and I'm laying on the ground looking up. I've been there. I've done it. It didn't feel good on the fall down either. It ain't no fun being rotten. 
Thank God for the seed that's inside of that thing. Thank God for the seed, Susan, that you want to sing sometime, the promise that's in the seed. I think it's called the promise. That's a beauty. In the seed is an apple tree. (laughs) We fall to the ground rotten and we lay there, but God, like Judas, He lets us split open. (laughs) Then our seed drops out. And it goes down to the ground and God rewaters us. And guess what? We can come up new. Hallelujah. With a new love for God and a new love for other people. This is what God does. Listen to me. Didn't, doesn't the Scriptures tell you and me, because of God's great love for us, that He leaves the 99 sheep over here that are okay, and He goes over here, and He chases down the one sheep that wanders away. Doesn't it say that, all you Bible people who know? Isn't that an image? Isn't that an example that we follow? I, you, me, we all wander away sometimes. God finds us wherever we were. Isn't that amazing? Just to revigorate and refresh our love for Him. Thank you for that example, God. May we all follow it. I really do. So, the goal of today's message is though God shakes the heavens and the earth and He shakes your life, your your whole world, you should never be shaken to fall away from love for Him and love for other people. If you do, that's okay. Dust off and say, I, gotta learn, I need to learn a little bit more about what God's kind of love is. Because God said, I don't want anybody to perish. Psalm 62.5 today. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. Oh, my victory and my honor come from God alone. He is my refuge and my rock. Oh, pour out your hearts to Him. When Jesus was coming to Jerusalem... It's either going to be his greatest day ever where the Israelites would pour their love on him and and he would be their king forever or it would be their worst day where they would turn against him. And they chose the worst day. He even started crying, it says, the Scriptures. He wept. said, oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. If you had only known what would have brought you peace. But now, it will be hidden from your eyes. And Israel has lived without peace ever since. Attacked by enemies on all sides. Until the day they give their heart back to Jesus like they should have that day. Matthew 21.10 says when he, when Jesus entered that day into Jerusalem, that all the city was stirred up. And they were saying, who is this? Well, I'll tell you who he was. He's Jesus, the stirrer of souls. 
And even this morning, right now, if you feel that maybe your Christian love is, is a little bit short or shallow or watered down like that ketchup, taking God's love for granted, and Jesus will stir you up again. And John wanted to come up here and, and say what my job was. Well, according to 2 Peter 1.13, I'll claim it, that Peter told his congregation, as I tell you, as long as I draw a breath, I know that it is right for me to keep all of you stirred up with these reminders today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, everything you have. I promise you everything is going to be taken care of. If God has shaken the foundations of your life and your soul today, hallelujah, let Him. <laughs> It'll be good. He'll turn out good. Probably shaking your sugar tree in hopes that you will redivert the focus and attention of your love back to Him from wherever you placed it. Listen to me. Love doesn't care whose heart it has to break. Love doesn't care whose heart it has to break. In other words, God doesn't care whose heart He has to break just to get us looking back to Him in love. He's not a bully for doing it. He's a blessed Heavenly Father for doing it. Sin will cling to your vessel. It ensnares you. It entraps you. It slows you down from keeping up with Christ and it starts from your head down and it'll entrap you and encapsulate you and you don't even know it until it's too late. But our good God sees it and He'll take you and He'll throw you down and He'll shatter that sin off of you so you can jump back up. Free. Speedy fast. Able to keep pace with Him again. Glory to God in the highest. We close out this morning when we remember Hebrews 12, 29, that God is a consuming fire. Yes, He's a jealous God. He's jealous. Isn't that something? Jealous for you and jealous for me. Jealous for us to love Him exclusively. And I'm going to tell you, He won't relent until he has 100% of you. Not 99.9999 like the aerosol bacteria stuff. He even wants that .00001 part of you that you're given somewhere else. He wants you exclusively. Is there anything wrong with that? Lord, I hope not. That's deep love, isn't it? Do any of you need a good shaking today? And if you do, I think he'd sure love to grip you in his arms and say, sorry I had to do that, but I want your love. Take a moment from where you are. 
Don't fail to respond to God today who's moving among the golden lampstands, the church. He's here even now, this moment, this hour, seeking you, calling you, crying out to you to, to just jump in His lap like a little child again. Love Him like you used to when your love was brand new. Take a moment in silence and do it.